Welcome to Directions Not Included, a podcast that features candid conversations for a stronger community. So many of life lessons do not include instructions. It's a live and learn situation, especially when it comes to raising strong families and creating healthy communities. Together, we will discuss tough topics that help make us better people and overall, a better community. Because together, we can build a legacy. Parents often have big dreams for who their children will become. They may be rooted in what we did or wish we had done, but our kids have a way of showing us who they want to be, whether it aligns with our dreams or not. It's important for us to support them as they develop their sense of autonomy, but there's no map telling us how to get from point A, our vision for them, to point B, their vision for themselves. Today, we'll get a glimpse into a mother-daughter relationship and learn how they have struck a balance to build autonomy. To help with the conversation, we have mother-daughter pair Teresa George and Bella Sullivan. Teresa is a two-time graduate of Saginaw Valley State University with her undergrad in special education and her master's in education. She resides in Midland with her three girls, Bella, age 18, Addie, 15, and Gigi, 10. And she's very active in her girls' activities, which include dance, softball, basketball, tennis, and volleyball. Teresa is the Director of Career Services at Saginaw Valley State University, where she's worked for the past four years. She's active in the community as a member of the Midland Noon Rotary Club and Zanta, a graduate of the 2021 Class of Leadership Midland, the PTO President of St. Bridget's Catholic School, and Vice President of the Midland High School Sports Booster Club. Bella Sullivan is a senior at Midland High School who serves as the Student Council President, is on the yearbook staff is a member of the Midland County Youth Leadership Program and past steering team member. She's also a member of the National Honor Society. She's a student athlete and a member of the varsity basketball and softball team and the manager of the volleyball team. She's very passionate about growing and sharing her leadership style and she'll be attending Saginaw Valley State University in the fall. Hello and welcome back. I am your host, Katherine Tate. From an early age, kids begin developing their sense of independence, from the push and pull of toddlerhood to the freedom of getting a license as an adolescent. It's an important part of growing up and figuring out who you are. Parents help and support and sometimes do things for kids. But how do we know when to let go, when it's time for them to take the reins? We thought it would be interesting to glean some insights from a teen who exudes confidence and independence and her mother, who has helped her to get to where she is today. I'm excited to have Bella Sullivan and Teresa George join us today. So let's get started. Bella, tell me, what does autonomy mean to you? I think it means having the confidence in yourself, but also having control and knowing what you're doing at all times, but also having that failure also and learning from your failures and learning how to guide and navigate through life every day. Teresa, what do you want to add to that? What does autonomy mean to you as a parent? As a parent, I think it's trusting your kids, but also spending time with them and talking to them and knowing what they're doing. So, you know, giving them the confidence to go about their day and do school and sports and activities, but also know what their environment is and how you can help them moving forward. I love that. You guys both have some great insights into that and I love the confidence piece and the trust piece. Those really struck me. 
So how important do you think it is for youth to have autonomy? I think it's super important. And I know that you can't always just get it right away. You have to learn and grow it. But starting to learn and growing, it teaches you how to become yourself, but also like teaches you how to be who you are every day and how you hold yourself as a person and how you treat other people because that's some of the most important lessons that you need to learn every day. That's awesome. Teresa, do you want to add anything to that? Yeah, I think a lot of it too is the experiences in their lives and how you go about it. So I've always been, you know, life handles us some curveballs sometimes, but it's how hard you work and it's how you get through it and knowing that you don't want to be treated the way some others are treated or the way life is that you need to look past it and treat people better than maybe you've been treated in the past so Mm -hmm. we've always kind of had that you know background in our household and i also think the girls have all had some pretty amazing friend groups and that has played a big part that we're surrounded by a pretty awesome village so Mm -hmm. that um, has also helped with that as well. I think that that gives you the confidence that if something does go wrong they have enough people to help them to help lift them back up and it gives you confidence to know that you can let your child stretch a little bit further go a little bit further and build that autonomy. Absolutely. So I'm curious, Teresa, I think this is a question for you. What does autonomy look like or how is it different at different ages and stages? And I'm thinking from young children up through college, which is an audience that you work with. Well, once again, I I think it really has to do with their involvement and what they're surrounded by. Um, My girls have been pretty lucky. They've They've all gone to a Catholic school and it's been a small community and you have so much trust in parents. So I think that they've been able to be who they are because of who they're surrounded by. Um, Obviously, once you get into middle school and high school, it's a little different. We, from going to a small school to the big school, it was a little nervous because we weren't 100% sure who all their friends were. But Bella and Addie both have got involved in athletics Mm -hmm. and organizations, and I think that's really created who they are moving Mm -hmm. forward. So, Bella, how has it been different for you as you've built autonomy? Going back as far as you can think back in your childhood, how have you um, learned to push the boundaries and take steps, and and where are you today with your own independence? Uh, So I definitely think, like, going back probably to middle or elementary school, it was kind of like a, these are our friend groups. We only have 18 kids in our class. This is our people. Like like my mom said, it, it's very small community, but we were all really close and we all trusted each other. So I think it was pretty high when I was there. And then going into middle school when you didn't really know who you were and didn't know who your friend group was, you were trying to meet new people. I think that was where I may have dipped a little bit in mm-hmm. my autonomy. And... I've learned that as you grow, you meet new people and people come into your lives and people go out of your life sometimes. And it's just what they give you. So like, I believe that every person that you meet teaches you a different lesson. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's a big thing that I kind of, even if it's a good lesson, bad lesson, it's just a lesson that you can take away once you 
grow and get older. And I think the more people that I met throughout my middle school and high school years because of the different environment, I think that's definitely grown. And I still talk to people that maybe have graduated or that I maybe don't know as much anymore. But I think the people you surround yourself with are really big, but also like the teachers that you have, the administrators at Midland High, like all the different adults that you meet too, they are also people that help you grow and become more confident every day. So, and I'm thinking about um, my staff has had the opportunity to work with you and the empowerment that you've received through your school to be able to take on initiatives that they're letting you take the reins and figure out what this looks like for the way that you talk to middle schoolers about vaping, the way that you guys implement programs in your school building, that empowerment gives you, I think, a sense of what I'm capable of and that I'm trusted and that I can um, do things on my own. Mm -hmm. And that paired, you know, that's building the confidence, that's building your independence and it's helping you figure out who you are, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think, I mean, from my perspective and, and, um, my background is in human development and it like this starts at a very young age, right? Teresa, mm-hmm. when they're two years old and they're beginning to push back on mom and dad and want to play the way they want to play or they want to put on their own shoes. Teresa, do you have any or any suggestions for our audience on like how do you support your child as they're doing that push and pull with you? as they approach middle school and they don't want to talk to you or they, you know, want to be able to go to the basketball game by themselves. How do you support that and build that trust? I have to be honest, I've been pretty lucky. So I, I've i been involved in the girls' school. So, um, you know, a lot of the activities and things that they've done, I've there or need to be there so that's helped out a lot but I think it's just having that conversation Um, life is busy and we're gone non-stop but (laughs) even if we have that talk at 9 or 9 30 just how Mm -hmm. your day was and just being present so whether it's to vent about a class or vent about a friend um, knowing that I'm there (laughs) Yeah, I think the talking piece is really important because that being there, present, and relating gives you the ability to know what they're doing and see that they're growing into a trustworthy young person. Bella, how how does that feel to you? Are you how has your mom been able to support you as you've taken those steps to be more independent? I feel like I have been given a lot of great opportunities, like by my school and also by my mom and. I think her always being like supportive and like pushing me to do like the different activities like this year I'm serving as student body president and I was like at first I was like whoa this is a lot like I don't know if I can do this but her being there and being like yeah you got this let's go like we're gonna go do this like us doing it together instead of like it's just you like she's Mm -hmm. always there and even though like the independence is always there also she's always there kind of giving like some ideas or maybe some critiques or like letting me fail, but then taking that time and talking it out or maybe giving me some resources that could help. And I think just like the little comments and also, like she said, like the conversations that we have, like just like always having that communication because communication is key. We, you should always be communicating with your people. I think that's really important. 
That's awesome. Um, that support piece, that behind the scenes cheerleader piece, mm-hmm. probably gives you confidence on a day to day basis to navigate things that maybe you're unsure about. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, parents should be um, opening the door and and giving their kids an opportunity to talk through things and offering advice where it makes sense, right? Yeah, one thing, I mean, I truly believe just showing up makes a big difference. Mm-hmm. You know, I decided this year that I had to put aside a few of my community, you know, volunteer engagements aside. And I wanted to just focus on the girls' school and being involved in booster club and PTO and you know all those things because that time is going so quick you know so I and Bella will have an event and we'll just kind of show up just to show that we're there and we're hiding up in the <laughs> loft so no one sees us but um, I, I just think that makes a big difference so same with everyone said how do you, why do you go to all their games and all their activities and you know Honestly, I'm getting just as much enjoyment out of it, but I think knowing that they have that support means a lot. How important do you think that failure is when a person, when a young person is trying to grow in their autonomy, build their independence? Bella, do you want to start with that one? How important is failure? I think failure is really important, even though it's probably not the best feeling in the world sometimes. It's always a time to grow and we actually just talked about this at our student council meeting. Um, failure, you're gonna, it, everyone's gonna go through it, no matter who you are and no matter what you do every day. But every thing that fails, there's a lesson that comes behind it. Kind of like what I was talking about with people in our lives. There is gonna be a lesson, and you got to take that lesson and use it, and maybe learn from it, and just keep going day to day. But also like thinking about that failure and thinking about what you're doing every day and bringing the failure in and then putting out like love and support and fixing what's going on and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's great. It's uh, it's a fail- failing forward. I hear that in the, the well-being space, failing forward, using those opportunities to, to strengthen your own skills. Mm-hmm. So that leads me to a question in follow-up to that. How do parents know when it's time to step in and help? really at any age because you know when when you're doing the early childhood thing they they say you know let them try let them put their own coat on even if it takes 10 minutes how do parents know when when is the point where it's time for me to say you need somebody else to help you out here and how do you navigate that yeah it's interesting you said that because bella just turned 18 last week and someone said that was the most scariest time as a parent when you know, my kid turned 18. I was like, really? What changes? I, I haven't <laughs> figured that out yet. But I mean, I, I guess from a higher ed standpoint, you know, the parents aren't around. So we have to try to figure out that they are adults and they do have their own, but there's some issues that we do need parents. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, we've We've talked a little bit before that sometimes I, I do wish I had a little bit more information with some of my students that I've dealt with in the past, just so I can help them more and knowing the background. Mm-hmm. But I think that is what relationship building is. So whether you're at home or with your kids' friends or in a prof- professional standpoint is. Um, really building relationships with those around you so that you can 
help them. Bella, we talked a little bit about, and um, in follow-up to that, we talked a little bit about uh, how sometimes parents will swoop in and try to fix a grade for a child or fix a problem at school for a child. Maybe it's maybe it's a friend problem, and, and parents are trying to to just solve the problems for them. As a student and a child, well, you're an adult now, but as a student and a child of your mother, how do you know when you need help, and how do you ask for that help, and when is it? necessary for a parent to step in I feel like definitely when you feel constantly down on yourself or maybe like you're just kind of stuck I think advice is always the first route to go on never you need to solve this for me like tell me exactly what to do I think like asking for advice first maybe would be the best option to start with because like you said Kids need to learn how to start figuring out problems all by themselves and kind of learning what to do in the real world because we are, or at least I am, about to go into the Mm -hmm. real world alone. So I think the advice piece is a really big thing that we need to start with, but also the parents kind of asking questions like, trying to get the answers out so that the kids can learn how to problem solve and figure it out by themselves because I think that's really important is just asking questions for them to elaborate on and keeping the conversation going and figuring it out together instead of just pushing it on the kids maybe Mm -hmm. Uh, doing the advice and also asking questions and having both figure it out together because uh you're two different people in the long run. That's just reality. And I think no matter who you are, everyone has different perspectives and different ways of doing things. And even though she's my mom, for example, uh, we could be doing stuff two different ways because mm-hmm. of our perspectives and what we've been through in our lives and stuff like that. So I think that's also really important. I think it's so valuable. One of the things that I've started to try and do with my kids is when they run into a problem and we recognize it, we try to do, well, I try to do kind of a, a multi-pronged approach. How can I help you? Do you need me to talk you through this problem? Do you need me to provide you with a solution that you can go in and implement on your own? Or do you need me to, you know, step in and talk to your teacher, coach, whatever, on your behalf? And I'm finding with my 13-year-old, rarely does he want me to step in and fix the problem for him, but he knows that that's a last resort if it's outside of his capabilities. So I think that's a great approach. And and I've been reading a lot about using, like entering conversations with curiosity and empathy instead of saying, well, I'm going to fix this problem for you. But what do you think about it? And how can we work together to come up with a solution? And in doing that, you're communicating, you're building relationship and you're coaching, and you're also giving them an out if it's too much. Yeah, one thing I'm learning that you know, life is difficult. And yeah. and especially right now, everything that we're going through and learning those skills, how to have a conversation with different people. Because, you know, one coach might be different than the other. So the conversation that you have could be completely different. So we've had problems and her just encouraging us saying, 
all right, if you don't say something, nothing's going to change. You got to make a change mm-hmm. for yourself. You got to make the difference. If no one else is going to do it, then there's not going to be a change. And uh, her, like, encouraging us and telling us, all right, you got to do this, then that really helps us because in reality, nothing's going to happen if you don't make the change and you have to advocate for yourself. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that advocacy piece is huge. Uh, I just said that to one of the kids recently. There was a situation in class that was going to spill over to the next day, and the, and he was stressed out about it. And, and I said, how can you advocate for yourself? You have that opportunity. You can make this better, or you can at least try. Um, and that does build that autonomy. And again, back to the, the communication and the coaching, we can't just send kids off into the world and assume that they're going to figure it out on their own. So, Teresa, as a parent, how do you know when you're pushing your child too much? How can you tell? What are the signs? For me or for my girls that they're just exhausted at mm-hmm. times. So, and it's finding that balance. Like, what is most important today? All their clothes put away or their homework being done or, you know, um, like, Bella's been so busy, like, I need to, like, schedule a meeting with her to work on college things. So thank God for the snow day. We got a lot accomplished. So I was like, sit right here next to me. So, but for us, I think it's just sometimes they just break where they need, you know, an hour just to relax. But then they're bored after the hour and they want to keep going. So trying to find different things, you know, whether we just go for a quick dinner for an hour, just finding that time to just relax a little bit. Bella, how do you know when you've pushed yourself too hard or when you feel like you're getting too much pressure from the world around you? I definitely feel that when I'm like overthinking a lot because I am an overthinker sometimes, but when I'm like constantly overthinking, like every second, I think that's a big indicator that like, whoa, like you need to slow down. Or mm-hmm. I think I catch myself a lot of the time saying yes to too many things because mm-hmm. of how much I'm involved in. I'm, I'm involved in a lot um, outside of school and inside of school. So I think when I have trouble maybe getting stuff done or maybe uh, doing something to my fullest potential, I think sometimes that can really indicate when I need a break or maybe I need to say no to some stuff because it is okay to say no to things. I've started to learn that through the past like four years in high school because I was really bad probably sophomore and junior year because I was like, yes, I'll do it. Yes, I'll do it. Yes, I'll do it. But this year I've really been like, okay, I need to enjoy my senior year, but also I need to do what's what I want to do and stuff like that. So saying yes and also saying no is okay too. So mm-hmm. I think that's a good way to kind of balance it, but also like let yourself know that it's okay because it is okay. You got to balance yourself and you need to make sure you and your mental health is good. That's a great point. And that's one of those, I don't want to say fail, it's not a failure, mm-hmm. but it was a life lesson that helped you understand yourself better and it helped you understand how you can be your best and you figured it out on your own, probably in partnership with your mom talking about it, but you figured that out. You went through that experience and that's part of this process of building autonomy and independence so that as you morph into college, you'll have a sense of what your boundaries are, right? Mm-hmm. And you've learned to say no when it's important to say mm-hmm. no. That's great. 
So do you think that trying something new that you've never done before can help you build autonomy and independence? I'll use my middle for an example. Um, Addie decided to try tennis this year, and um, she's never she doesn't have a spring sport, so she just decided to take that on. So, and um, one thing with Addie is she gives it all a hundred percent. So, um, you know, she's been going to the tennis center nonstop, where she could just. It's kind of a new sport, just having fun, but, you know, giving it your all 100%. So I think just having that confidence of trying mm-hmm. something new is is very important. Um, well, I think it gives you a chance to figure out what you like and what you don't like. And to throw herself in 100% is, I mean, she made that decision, mm-hmm. right? And she had the confidence. And what I'm hearing over and over in our talk today is that confidence is a huge part of having the autonomy or of building autonomy and having the independence because you're not going to try something new. You're not going to explore your world. You're not going to figure out who you are if you don't have the confidence to step back and look at yourself and, you know, try something different or approach a problem or even fail and come back from it. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think it's pretty amazing, you know, when there's people around you that see something in you that you may not see yourself. So Mm -hmm. um, I've had a few instances of that. But, you know, even to go back to the Addie example, um, she's a sophomore at Midland High. And, you know, a coach said, you would be great at this sport. And she didn't want to overcommit. And, you know, but she she did have that strength to try something new. So I'm proud Mm -hmm. of her for that. Yeah, very cool. Do you have anything that you want to add to that? I have to agree. She um, she did go to the tennis center every day. She <laughs> she is very – she's also is a really good example because she tries new things in other ways that most people don't think about. Like, she uses her voice more. Like, mm. like me and my mom, sometimes I think we catch ourselves kind of like – kind of like, all right, we're good. Like, we'll just listen and stuff like that. But she definitely tries stuff, like, will open her mouth and advocate for herself maybe a little more than us. Mm-hmm. And I think that also rubs off on people. When you're trying new things, it can also rub off on people and you can be a role model for people. So mm-hmm. even, like, last year I was um, in student council and I was like, all right, I'm going to – try to be junior class president. So I tried it and it was a brand new thing because I was like, this is only my second year. I don't know if I can do this. And I ran yell night for the first time. So that's like an event at Midland High where it's Midland versus Dow week. So we get really (laughs) loud at night and it's really awesome. But I didn't realize this until this year, but I actually um, helped someone also get one of a president position because she was so inspired by how I just took it on and I didn't know what I was doing, but I just took it on. So also like that role model part, like you can show others how to step out of their comfort zone and try new things and stuff like that. So yeah. 
Well, that peer-to-peer piece is one that we haven't touched on, but having peer role models is incredible. Positive peers is one of the best things that we can surround our kids with. And so it's great for you to recognize that you have the ability to influence other kids in a positive way. You know, as a sidebar, that you're using that with middle school students and vaping Mm -hmm. and um, just being a role model and talking to them about how that could impact their futures. And it's it's often more well-received when kids hear it from another kid. Parents sometimes sound like Charlie Brown's adults, right? <laughs> wah, wah. So it's always good for for us to have, to surround our kids by good role models. And I guess the last thing that is on my mind is, do you think that optimism and prior experiences, those are kind of two things that, you know, we thought might play into autonomy and independence do those do you see those as important parts to to building independence in kids optimism and prior experiences I feel like definitely both of them I think the optimism like I think of optimism as like hoping for the best and kind of Mm -hmm. being prepared for anything and I think when you are growing and you're getting older at least I have learned how to be maybe proactive and getting stuff ready just in case, but also hoping for the best and not wanting what a bad thing to happen or something like that. Mm-hmm. So I think that's also really important. And then uh, you learn a lot from the experiences that you've been in. And I think your everything that happens to you happens for a reason. And even if it's kind of like a short little like wave to someone or just like you're still making someone's day and those experiences can help you in the long run, even if they're a small act. Mm-hmm. Teresa, do you have anything you want to add to that? Yeah, I, I mean, especially in our situation, being a single mom, I, I've, mm-hmm. you know, always had the attitude that I'm going to do whatever I can. And, you know, knowing if I know that I did everything that I can in any situation, um, that's all I can do. So I think, you know, the past experiences, at least with my three girls, that we've just kept moving no matter what. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we've maybe been busy nonstop and working hard, but it's always a good result. And I think, you know, building that within the three girls is very important. So, Mm -hmm. and also, you know, just being happy that life could be so much worse. So mm-hmm. I think, you know, having that presence, having that positivity and um, really being involved is important. But mm-hmm. I also think like with the prior experiences part, like taking time to reflect on your experiences mm-hmm. are also very important. Like taking that reflection time, no matter who you are, or even if you have it written down like we do in class or just like taking a minute and like taking it in is also really important and even like the communication part of it like reflecting on how your day is going maybe reflecting on how a conversation went like that's also really important for us to learn but also take from people mm-hmm. that's great that you just pulled out a couple of different ways that that you can reflect on it and I love that you that you circled back to that it's like being honest with yourself about what's happened and assessing what you could do differently and having people sounding boards parents or others that you can sound that off of so that you can you know analyze and think about how could i do this better next time that's going to improve your ability to be autonomous to advocate for yourself to try new things 
but even writing it, and I hadn't really put any thought into that, but sometimes it's hard to talk about those things with other people, and it's easier to put that down on paper and assess that within our own heads. So I love that you just touched on both of those. One of the things that we've just recently implemented in our household is talking about what we, what what was something that you would like to do over from today? And some days there's absolutely nothing. And some days it's something small, like I wish I'd eaten dinner before I went to practice today. Or I wish I had, you know, I wish I'd played with a different group of kids on the playground or, or whatever it is. But then dissecting that and talking about how we could do that differently next time and helping to normalize those quote unquote failures or those, those experiences we're trying really hard to normalize that it's okay not for everything not to go great and that tomorrow you can try again and do it differently. And um, I think that that helps them build the confidence and autonomy to do things moving forward. I hope so. It's become an interesting part of our lives and my kids are very consistent about reminding us when we forget now. So I think that's a good sign. So my last question, what tips or tricks do you have for listeners and I'll start, Teresa, with you. What are some tips and tricks that you have for parents or others working with youth on how to help them build their independence and autonomy? I, I think it really is having that conversation, but really also trusting, like, your village that I keep saying. Mm -hmm. um, my girls, you know, I thank other moms on Mother's Day and I thank their coaches on That's Father's awesome. Day. And um, we can't do this world alone and we need those around us. So I just think, you know, celebrating your kids, um, trusting your kids, showing up for your kids, but then also thanking those around you as well because we can't do this alone. That's so awesome. And I hadn't really thought, of, I mean, we talked a little bit about the village and supporting and having that support system. But as you think through kids starting to take those first steps on their own, knowing that there are lots of people behind them to help pick them up, probably continues to build that confidence. Yeah. I love that you brought that up. And we've had conversations, you know, even my youngest Gigi in dance, you know, her dance teachers or the girls' coaches, they're so much more than teaching a dance step or mm -hmm. teaching how to run to first base. It's it's about life and how you're gonna, you know, translate those activities and those sports into the real life. So, yeah. you know, there's only what seventy percent of athletes or students that actually go further, but all those life skills right there are so important and. I'm just thankful for mine. So one thing I want to mention, too, is I think parents forget what a great community we live in, and especially to raise children. Um, you know, what your organization is doing in the community is, is changing lives. And um, I wouldn't want to raise my kids in any other place. So I think one tip for parents is to really look at our resources, look at the amazing people that we're surrounded with just within our community. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I, I talk about your village, but then you also have to look at the community that you're raising your kids in and the mm -hmm. resources and 
you know, we are so blessed to live here. And um, I don't think parents truly realize what gift we're given. That's awesome. Bella, as a as a new adult, still kind of growing up and figuring out who you are and what your life looks like, what tips do you have for other kids or parents about how to take those steps out on your own, about how to interact? And this is a great chance for you to tell us as adults what we should do to support you. Um, I definitely think for like maybe when your kid is getting into high school or is starting to get into middle school, like... It is kind of an awkward time in life where you're starting to get to know yourself and your friends and it's just a weird time because you're going through so much and you kind of, who do I, who am I with? Like, what do I do? Like, there's just so much thrown at you, especially when you're a high schooler. And I feel like having the sit down conversations with your peers, but also your parents, like, I think a couple of weeks ago, we just sat down and we just... I know it sounds really bad, but we just cried and we just like <laughs> talked with each other because that's what you need sometimes. Sometimes mm-hmm. you just need that little cry session and just to get everything out because mm-hmm. especially when you're involved in so much, or maybe you aren't, uh, you have so much stuff bottled in because I think a lot of the time, especially in high school, but this could also be for an adult, you always want to look good and you always want to look like you have it together, but in reality, you don't always have it together. There's something that may be going wrong, and like how we talked about the failure, there could be something that is failing right now in your Mm -hmm. life, but taking the lessons and growing every day I think is super, super important, and taking that reflection time and talking with your peers or talking to your parents is really important. And I also think for, like, kids, taking in that time with your family because, uh, like I want to touch on like we don't have you never know what could happen and your relationship could possibly get ruined or maybe you're going off to college and like I am and you won't always have that time that you dreamed about and especially when you get older you're kind of like all right let's get out of here but in reality you're gonna miss it and I'm already thinking like going to Saginaw Valley next year like wow, I'm not going to be here, like, all the time anymore, even though Addie thinks I am. I'm not going to be here all the time. So just taking in that time and taking advantage of the opportunities that you've been given is really important. Oh, that's awesome. Well, I think this has been a fun conversation, and I, I think it's been neat to hear from both sides because I'm hearing a lot of similar themes from both the parent and the child. And I think that drives home how we may see things from different lenses sometimes, and we may have different tactics and different approaches, but at the end of the day, connecting and relating and building that trusting relationship is what kids need to build their autonomy and be confident enough to go out and do things independently, prepare themselves for adulthood. So I'm hoping that our listeners have gained a lot from this conversation today. I know I've enjoyed talking with you guys and gleaning some insights for my own household. Thank you both for taking time out of your day. It's been a blast. We are super excited to see where life takes you, Bella. Thank you. And uh, listeners, just again, thanks for taking time to listen and join us today. And together we will build a legacy in our community.